Hi everybody and thank you so much for joining us from your bubble wherever you are in New Zealand or overseas. Here in New Zealand, we're looking forward to uh, lifting of restrictions on Tuesday. We go to level three, but then hopefully a few weeks after that, we go to level two, which is getting towards a more normal lifestyle. And of course, one of the things I'm looking forward to is a bit of golf, hopefully even next week. And I've got my coffee mug here, which you may not be able to read, but it says sleep, eat, golf, repeat. So, hey, I think that's a good policy. I'm not sure I can get out for a hang of a lot of golf, but sleep, eat, golf, repeat would be kind of a nice thing to be able to do at least a few times in the very near future. Also looking forward to getting back into church, just seeing people's faces, you know, connecting together with worship, some shaking hands and hugs and just praying people for people one-on-one. -on -one. I think I miss those things. There's power in the gathering. Tomorrow, we are celebrating Anzac Day, and it's a great thing to do as we remember the sacrifice of men and women who gave their lives in protecting us and protecting nations, really. And also with COVID-19, we honor the many who have given their lives, seriously, and some who are still putting their lives at risk. So we're talking about healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, cleaners, but there's an endless list of people that are really doing it tough for your good and for my good as well. I call those frontline workers today's soldiers fighting against COVID-19. But the reality is, as Christians, we are all soldiers and we're involved in this huge battle against the powers of darkness and for the eternal souls of men and women. So what I want to do today is just look at a few lessons that I think we can learn and be inspired by um, the, the fight of the Anzacs and also those fighting against COVID-19. And the first lesson that I learned here is that it takes everyone working together to win a significant battle. It's staggering how an entire nation here in New Zealand has united together in doing their part to win the battle against coronavirus. And even children are playing their part. It's, it's really, to be honest, it is staggering. Uh, incredible, really. And uh, I guess what's happened is a cause arose that was great enough and important enough <laughs> for everybody to say, hey, I am prepared to get stuck in, make sacrifices in order to win this battle. My point is this, the church of Jesus Christ has an even greater cause, a far greater cause of reaching the world for Jesus Christ and reaching lost people with the good news of salvation. And so if we're going to effectively do this, taking a lesson from COVID-19, if you like, and even the Anzac, we all need to do our part. And that was always the intention of God for his church to use our gifts, uh, to make sacrifices and to serve wherever we're able. Here's a scripture for you. 1 Peter 4 verse 10. Each of you, that's me included, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Then Ephesians 4.16 says, Every part does its share, causes growth of the body. If we want to see the church grow and expand and enlarge and increase, then we all need to do our share. I pray that what we're seeing in our nation today is going to inspire the church. Let's all get on board and make a real go of this. Because here's my thought. I reckon there's enough Christians in our nation and in your nation, wherever you might be, that if we all did our part, if we all served, if we all sacrificed, we would see a massive advance 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the land and then obviously into other nations. So there's a, a challenging thought for you and me today from that thought. But here's a couple of um, scripture uh, quotes I want to give you. The first one is, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. Wow. You're a good man. <laughs> You're a good woman. Hey, please don't do nothing because if we, if we take that approach, evil will triumph. But there's another quote, a brilliant quote, I think, from Helen Keller. Listen to these inspiring words. This is what she said. If I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will, I, I will not refuse to do something that I can do. Wow. You can't do everything. You can't change the world yourself. You may think you've got little to offer. You can do something. How is New Zealand appears to be winning the battle with COVID-19? Everybody's doing something. May not be a lot, may not be massive, but they're doing their part. And when we do our part, wow, we can see a exponential um, result and a moving forward, especially for the church of Jesus Christ. Everyone doing their part, I think, is all we need for the church to become a force that can bring transformation to our nation. Think about that. Transformation to our nation. All, all it's got to take, you and I, all of us, every one of us, doing our bit. And as we see all New Zealand doing their part to end a virus, may that cause an awakening by God's Holy Spirit for you and me to do our part. But there's another lesson that I am seeing from this whole battle that we take, that's taking place right now with uh, the Anzacs and with COVID-19 is that we are seeing an unusual unity. Well, we see an unusual unity of people fighting alongside one another. You think of soldiers going to war. Some of them are going to be alongside someone they've never seen before, not a friend, maybe even a foe, maybe an enemy, may have good character, bad character. It doesn't matter. Why? Because there's a bigger cause at stake. So they unite and join together. And it's the same in our battle against COVID-19. Previous opponents unite for a greater cause. And it's my prayer, earnest prayer, that we'll see a greater unity in the body of Christ. And that we will fight alongside each other for the greatest cause on the planet. And it's been great to see more leaders joining together. I've seen across the globe the call to people to join together on days of praying, days of fasting. You know, people that didn't connect before are starting to connect together. It's a start, but may that start continue and increase more and more. See, what unites people is when they have a common enemy, like COVID-19 like a war against another country. And you know, every Christian, every church, every denomination, think about this, every church leader, we have a common enemy. That is the devil, Satan himself. Why would we not unite <laughs> to fight a common battle against a common enemy? Here's a couple of verses for you. Jesus' longest prayer, which meant so much to him, in John 17 and verse 2, he said that they may be one in us, that the world may believe you sent me. And of course, you know Psalm 133. 
you know, where there is unity, God commands blessing. I've read this. Fascinating. In times of disaster, like a flood, animals will find their way to a hilltop. Do you know what's amazing? Previous foes or ones that would consume or eat one another or attack one another, in this moment of crisis, they don't. Would you believe that? They form a kind of unity, if you like, probably doesn't last long, in order to get through the crisis, in order to to deal with a life and death situation. Again, can that inspire you and me? Can we put aside differences and unite in a battle, in a great crisis, which is the world that's drifting further and further away from God? I think we can. Can I just say, wouldn't it be great to see an end to comparison, an end to competition, and a joining and a uniting together for the greatest cause on planet Earth? May our goal be, may my goal be to build the kingdom of God, not my kingdom, to build that church, not just my church, to make his name great and not my name great. If the Anzac soldiers can unite to fight a war, if a nation can unite to fight COVID-19, then I believe the church can and must unite to fight an infinitely greater enemy with consequences far greater than COVID-19. We're talking about eternal souls and where they will spend their eternity. I just want to take a moment to share with you this adaption of the story of Job. And it may just inspire you as it inspired me. It's by Anton Van Rienen. And I've shortened it a bit, but I pray that this will be fulfilled. Here it goes. There was a day Satan came before the Lord. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? If you know the story of Job, it's a bit like it. Satan answered from going to and fro to the earth. And the Lord said, have you considered my church? How they gather every Sunday to worship my holy name. They do this every year all over the world. From the time the sun rises until it sets, my name is glorified all over the earth. Satan answered and said, uh, have you not blessed them with health, wealth, buildings and beautiful music? Now stretch forth your hand, take it all from them and strike them with a plague of a plague or a fear of a plague and they will go quiet and they'll stop worshiping you the lord said to satan they're in your hand so satan unleashed a deadly virus upon the earth and soon all went quiet churches closed all over the world everyone isolated in their homes everything was silent satan was watching and waiting God and the angels were watching and waiting. See what would happen as a great silence was across the globe. One angel called out, listen. Another said, I hear it too. It's in a small living room. There's a sound of a piano and a voice singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Then another angel called out, listen, the sound of a guitar from a bedroom with a voice singing, all hail King Jesus. All hail Emmanuel, King of kings and Lord of lords. Slowly, 
from all directions on earth, sounds of instruments and voices could be heard rising up to heaven. And God turned to Satan and said, do you notice today is Tuesday? Now my church is having, having been freed from the busyness that filled their lives. They worship me every day of the week. Then all heaven fell silent and fell down on their knees and began to worship singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Satan walked away, defeated as always. In this historic season in which you and I find ourselves, can I plead with you, do not let your voice go silent. Do not stop lifting your voice in praise and worship and exaltation to God. Maybe all heaven is watching. Maybe the angels are observing. Churches are closed, yes, across the world. The sound of thousands together is not heard. But hey, we can still lift our voices one at a time, wherever we are. As you watch services online, can I encourage you from the depths of my heart, please sing, please lift your voice, raise your hands. It doesn't matter what your voice is like. This is not a talent quest. All God cares about is your heart being lifted up to him. And he wants to hear your voice. He really does. He longs to hear you. The scriptures are full of lift your voice, pray, sing, shout, all the rest. It's, it's scripture from Genesis to Revelation. It's one of the greatest callings on Christians across the globe is to sing and to praise and to worship the Lord. Don't be silent. Back to COVID-19, one of the keys to defeating it is self-isolation. It's a form of quarantine. I heard this and then I looked it up. The origin of quarantine, it comes from the word quarantina, which means 40 days. There was a period that ships were required to be isolated before passengers could go ashore during the Black Plague in order to prevent the spread of the plague. We see isolation in the book of, uh, book of Leviticus and in other places, separating infected people. See, 40 days was seen as an effective means of stopping the spread of a plague and eliminating the disease of the flesh. It's interesting to note, and I heard this, that in Luke 4, Jesus had no sin and no disease. And yet he went into isolation for how long? Yeah, 40 days. Moses went up the mountain for 40 days as well. And Jesus alone with God defeated every attempt of Satan for him to yield to the flesh and to sabotage his destiny, to deal with sin and become the savior of the world. I want to make a suggestion to you right now. I want to suggest that one of the greatest keys in life to fulfilling your calling to dealing with the appetites of the flesh and sin is to spend time in isolation in a closet alone with God. Why not use lockdown 
to spend some more time with God and come out stronger, come out closer to God, purified to some measure, free of maybe some sins and character flaws. It's interesting that across the globe today, there is an unprecedented call to 40 days of prayer and of fasting. And what's the goal of that? It's to turn the world away from evil and back to God. The greatest virus in the world today and the most deadly is not COVID-19, sorry. Not the black plague. It's sin. And it was released on mankind when Adam and Eve fell in the garden. And this has caused more grief, pain, harm and death than all viruses combined from the beginning of history. See, sin is a virus in our flesh and unaddressed it leads to death. And this virus spreads faster than any other. And none of us want it. I don't want it. We all have it, but we don't want it. But humans are not designed, think about this, to handle sin. Because we suffer from its destructive power. It messes up our lives. It leads to sickness and addictions and fears and mental health issues and relationship breakdowns. Some would say, well, it's true. It is the root of all evil. It's where it all started. And our world that we find ourselves living in today was not created to handle sin. So what happens is today the world is spiraling into a dark abyss. There's violence, murder, rape, lying wars, child prostitution, poverty, gender issues, all of that. And friends, it comes from that one root cause. So sin is destroying the very foundations upon which society was meant to be built. And it's killing more people than any other virus. I read this about sin. None of us want it. Sin takes you where you don't want to go. It keeps you longer than you want to stay and it costs you more than you want to pay. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Certainly been the experience I've had in my life. But here's the good news. There's a vaccine. There's a cure to the sin virus. Freely available to you, to me and all humanity. John 15 verse 13. Greater love has no man than this. And he laid down one's life for his friends. We honor rightfully the Anzacs. We honor rightfully the healthcare workers, some who have given their lives and continue to do so. But I want to say to you today that the greatest act of love and sacrifice this world will ever know is Jesus giving his life to deal with the most deadly virus of all, sin. Jesus left the immunity of heaven took upon himself the virus of sin and he nailed it to the cross. Why? So you and I could be forgiven, freed from sin and receive the gift of eternal life. See, the cure to the virus of sin is simply faith in Jesus. There may be some sins of which a man cannot speak and you may be guilty of some and I may be guilty of some. But there is no sin that the blood of Jesus cannot wash away. And you know, by God's grace, you and I can deal with sin in our lives. Titus 2, 11 and 12 says, The grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. Hey, we all want to be 
set free of sin. You do what I want it to because we all have sin that we still struggle with. But the beauty is we, it's a lifelong journey that we keep working on it, but it leads to freedom. It leads to freedom. So the responsibility of the church now is to do all in its power to limit the spread and the impact of the sin virus. Rescue as many people as possible who are infected with this deadly disease and will face a a fate far worse than death. If there was ever a cause to unite together for, to sacrifice for, it is this. Friends, Christians, we alone have in our hands the cure. Listen well, the cure to the deadliest virus on the planet. The greatest gift you and I could give any other person is to give them this vaccine. Tell them about Jesus and his salvation. We're in one of the greatest moments in the history of the world. They say it happens every one to 200 years and people are looking for answers. And you and I have the answer. The answer is Jesus. We have the vaccine, we have the cure. It's time to be bold. It's time to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to tell people about Jesus. And God, I believe, is using this shutdown period for the advancement of the gospel. A few testimonies I've heard just from our own church. A first time watcher on online said, I'm feeling very emotional. I promised myself when I left the orphanage in the 60s, I'd never go to church again. But here I am holding back the tears. I'm feeling so peaceful. Another kindergarten teacher watching online said this, I've heard, I felt the need the last six months to give my heart to God. I've been too scared to. Today I did. Wow, this is a big deal. Everything I heard online was just for me. I heard of another person that was got a message on Instagram. Some a young person asking this, one of our youth leaders, how do I start a relationship with God? I've heard of Hindus tuning in to our Thursday night and our Sunday night prayer meetings of all things. There's so many stories. There's no question that we are reaching people online that we would not have reached otherwise. There's so much good coming out of what what is happening with this whole COVID-19 and shutdown period. But it is your opportunity and mine to tell people about Jesus. Please ask for creative ways to do that. Ask God how you can do it with your personality. Um, He's got people that you are able to connect with and reach. Charles Swindle tells us a wonderful story of an eight-year-old Kenyan girl. Monica fell into a pit and she broke her leg. Mama Najeri saw and so she climbed into the pit to rescue her, but she didn't see this black mamba snake in the pit, the most deadly snake in Africa. And the snake bit both of them. They rushed to the medical center. Monica recovered, but tragically, Mama Najeri died. What happened was the snake bit her first, so she got all the poison. And even though it bit Monica, there was no poison left, so she died. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus laid down his life on a cross, the virus of sin and death bit him. Thankfully, he took all the poison. So even though we may be bitten by the sin virus, it has lost its sting, as has death. We can be forgiven 
every sin we ever committed and live forever in heaven. With Anzac Day, COVID-19, we rightly remember the sacrifices of many. We honor them. We thank God for them. It's made our lives easier today. But let's also remember that 2,000 years ago, Jesus made the greatest sacrifice of all for your salvation and also for mine. Only Jesus could build a bridge to heaven with just two pieces of wood. And that, my friends, is the greatest story ever told. It will never be surpassed. May God richly and wonderfully bless you. I want to speak for a few moments to those of you who have tuned in today. You're not listening by chance. You're not watching by chance. God's orchestrated every day of your life for this moment where you would be online to hear this message. And the message is an offer to you of the greatest vaccine ever provided for to deal with the greatest virus anyone could ever suffer from. The cure is Jesus for the sins of mankind, your sins and mine. So I want to give you an opportunity today that you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you're not a Christian, you're not saved, or maybe today you have fallen far away from God, today would you receive Jesus into your heart? You may know it well, you may have never heard of John 3.16, for God so loved the world, you, he gave his only son, that's what we're talking about today, that whoever believes in him will not perish. That means you go to the wrong eternal place, but have everlasting life. You live with Jesus in heaven forever. This is the greatest decision you could ever make. And I want to invite you to make that today. So if you want to give your life to Jesus, you know you need to get right with God. Please pray this very, very simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your death upon the cross 2,000 years ago. I thank you that you provided a vaccine for my virus of sin. And so today, I confess my sins. And I ask you to forgive me. And now, Lord Jesus, would you come into my heart? I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, and I pr trust that you did, please, please press the button on the screen because we'd love to know, get to know you. We'd love to connect with you. If what you're watching on Shine, please do contact them. Otherwise, you can contact us at infochurchunlimited.co.nz. I want us to respond now to the message that you've just heard. And uh, it's a great song, one of my favorite songs, called Angus Day. And it just talks about you are holy. You know, out of Revelation, it talks about holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So why don't you stand with us right now and remember what we shared before from the story about Job. Lift your voice. Let God hear your song today. Come on, let's worship him and believe for a moment with God.